Hello, and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join our host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Riddle of Lightning, Real or Josh, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to show support by giving a like, follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word, and thank you for being part of our community. This episode contains some mild adult language. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's animation communication episode, where it's just me and Riddle again, uh, just chilling. So, uh, you want to say- It's gonna be a cozy hot- episode. It's cozy time, you know, grab, too, well, it's too hot for a hot chocolate, but you know, grab cold a cold chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, what is cold chocolate? Like, well, ice cream, I guess, or- That's a good idea. Like, what's the, what's the cold coffees? Ice, ice coffees, right? Ice mocha. Yeah, I don't drink coffee, so I don't know what things are called, so- Bean juice. Bean juice. Okay. Is that the professional that wording? Is, yes. Okay. So grab some bean juice, I guess, or, you know, a popsicle. Do you? Well, they have those. Oh, what's your favorite popsicle? I like blue. Blue? Just just blue? You, you don't you don't describe them by the, the colors they are and not the flavors? There's blue. There's purple. I was going to say, um, did you grow up riddle with the, um, with the popsicles that were just like the big long plastic things. Yeah, the freezy pops. My little brother loved them to death. I mean, blue is the correct answer, though. That's yes. the only answer I will, I will allow. You have to get you get every little drop out of it, so you're just you're just slurping in them, and then you blow them up, and then you slurp them again. Yeah, I would just um, eat the ice cream part. Not the ice cream. <laughs> I would eat. <laughs> I'd eat the ice part of it first, and then I could drink the rest of the blue, like for, like a drink. So. Yeah, but there'd always be a little bit at the bottom, so you had to get it. By keep on sucking. Yeah. Good, good, safe podcast. Anyway, um, did, did you have the Flintstones um, push pops? I did not. I was a poor family. We had Flintstones vitamins, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Our Flintstones, staying alive by vitamins and maybe push pops sometimes and fruity pebbles. Yummy. Yummy, yummy. Flintstones made a lot of sugary shit. I mean, they're still actively making sugary shit, so, you know. <laughs> The only way, you know, got to get that Hanna Barbera money somehow. Even though Warner Brothers owns them now, Warner Brothers got to get that money somehow. So, I think they had Flintstones vitamins since like like the seventies or something, right? Before there was Flintstone cigarettes. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> you, you you ever see that ad where where, where the Fred is singing about? Oh yeah. That? Yep. That that was when they let. They let anyone do product placement for anything, not realizing, hey, maybe we shouldn't let the um, the cartoon characters, you know, advertise cigarettes. Maybe that's a bad idea. Might have been a bad idea. Fun fact, um, the Flintstones was the first TV show to show a married couple sharing the same bed. So, you know. <gasps> scandalous. Yeah, scandalous. Or I think the first animated TV show. I, mean, I don't remember if the are, first one. Or are the they married, one. though? Because they're cavemen. So they're, 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 they're before Christianity. How can they celebrate Christmas? I think you're thinking about it too much, Riddle. You're not wrong, though. They had prehistoric Jesus. Like, everything's just, like, badly translated. So okay. they had prehistoric Okay, okay. Haven't you heard of dinosaur Jesus? Like, you've read the New Testament. I yeah. haven't, so. That's, you know. that's the old New Testament. That's, that's BC new. Old. That's the one that's still, that's what the, the Ten Commandments, you know. Yeah, it's, still in the, it's, in the, the, it's in the Bible, too. Um, other fun fact, that's where the word canon comes from, because that used to be a biblical term before it was just a general fix- fictional term, so, right. you know. Canon in the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible. And now we're just... Now we're just ranting. 
<laughs> now we're just ranting. Yeah, so uh, why don't we do the news before we start? So Oh, um, it's before we get too confused. Good idea. Before we get too confused. So why don't you do your story that you found, and I'll do my story that I found. Oh, uh, I think it's an exciting story. So Nintendo, Nintendo, you, you hear about them trying to do that Mario movie? The Chris Pratt one? The Chris Pratt one, where he goes, it's okay. me, Mario. <laughs> so Nintendo acquired an animation studio in it that's going to become Nintendo Pictures. What this means is a new line of Nintendo series of, of CGI stuff. If you remember back in the the, the, the the early 90s and the late 80s, Nintendo had a series of cartoon stuff in, in America. You know, The Legend of Zelda and the Super Mario Super Show and stuff like that. Is that where the bad Legend of Zelda... Yeah, where they, uh, excuse me, princess. Yeah, okay. With, with the Zelda with, with brown hair. Yes, yeah. okay. That's and, how I'm aware of it. And Captain N, the, the Game Master. Okay. Yep. So they're they're, they're going to try it again. They're going to do it again, but this time they're going to do stuff like Death Stranding and Persona Persona Five and and Metroid. So they're going to they're going to try some different things. Well, I'm all for you know exploring on um, you know pre existing IP with um, a more flexible form of you know media. So I mean, I've heard there's been. I mean, I know this is not Nintendo. I know there's been talk. Um, or I don't know if it's already greenlit or whatever, but there's um, a Resident Evil thing coming out for Netflix and whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I'm all for that. I think people, I think other companies that aren't Disney just need to find their, like, a, a good place that they can get their product distributed well. And, um, you know, then they can just tell whatever. It doesn't really matter about the box office because... Well, you got to be careful you give your, your license to or else you get um, Super Mario Super Show. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they're giving it to the right creative people and they're doing their research about distribution and all that stuff, but, you know. Or Sonic like, the Hedgehog. Wasn't there a good uh, CGI Sonic that came out, like, in the last, like, ten years or so? Yeah, yeah, the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. Those were pretty good. Well, besides that one. Um, oh. Like an all-CGI show. Um, yeah, Sonic Boom. Like, that was made in Canada. By the, oh, okay. By the French Canadians. Good, good job, French you Canadians. Did, you did good. Okay. So, uh, do you know when they'll start rolling out content? No clue. <laughs> okay. Well, it's I guess just, it's just up in the works. They, 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 they got they got licenses out there and names saved in case they become projects, so no one else snatches them up because because copyright law is a bitch. It sure is. Okay, so we only have two stories today. So my story is about um, something that was popping up in social media. Um, Craig McCracken. Um, you might know Craig McCracken from me not pronouncing his name correctly. <laughs> it's a lot of it's it's a lot of C's. So anyway, um, so do you remember the 2016 Powerpuff Girls show that everyone didn't like and the internet hated forever? Yep. So that ended. Um, so someone at Cartoon Network was like, hey, maybe that was a bad idea. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. So now they're moving forward, especially since um, Kid Cosmic is over and Wander Over Yonder is over. All, those are two big ones that uh, Craig was doing in between that time because he could still get shows pitched because he has a good repertoire of original character stuff. But anyway, Cartoon Network people were like, hey, maybe like we should give it to the person who did it good the first time so the thing turns out good what was wrong with the other writer for the powerpuff girls what what possibly did he do that was was bad are you asking that rhetorically it's yeah <laughs> oh okay um, well, um yeah people have heard like the the self-insert 
the self-insert, you know, recasting the original um, VAs is just a starting point, you know, like, the plots themselves were just not, you know, I've only, like, I've only seen, like, things, I never sat down and watched it from, but from my understanding, you know, the plots, the plots weren't strong, um, and they just kind of were throwing stuff at the wall because they didn't really know how to work with the characters, but Cartoon Network was like, or Warner Brothers, which owns Cartoon Network, was like, money, we want money, I just heard there was a lot of drama with one episode um, where they a child wanted to become a unicorn, so it was a really, really, like, in bad faith kind of allegory for transitioning, and that was, like, ick. Yeah. Um, nowadays, studios should definitely do some research about that, or at least contact organizations. Like, they do that when there's, like, um, making allegories to specific cultures. Like, um, back in the day, the, the Pony episode where they had the allegory for Native Americans with the buffalo, right. they actually right. contacted, you know, some organization as far as representation um, to make that episode to make sure they made it correctly. So, obviously, they did not do that with Powerpuff Girls, from what I can tell, or what it sounds like. So They, they did not. You know, it's there. You know, those organizations are happy to work with you because they're excited about representation. So, you know, just just, just press the button. Get it the from button. the horse's mouth. Get it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> I get it. I yeah. get it. So, they're rebooting with Powerpuff Girls, assumingly for HBO Max, and then, um, as well as Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, which... Um, I wasn't as big of a fan of, but I know it has its fans, and I know it's fun and, and stuff, so that's that's always good. I like Blue. He's a little, sh- little, little, little terror. We've already said shit in the podcast. Dang before, it. So. <laughs> I'm trying to be good. You're trying to be good, but we already messed it up. So we now already messed we, up. <laughs> yeah, so now it's got to be a, you know, you know, we curse sometimes in the episode episode, so. I'm a, I'm a sailor now. Sailor, sailor boy. So something um, Riddle is an expert in is Pokemon lore, right, Riddle? I'm a big Pokemaniac. You're you're gotta catch them all, right? Gotta catch them all, Pokemon. Why don't you talk about your history with the franchise first before we go into history of the actual franchise? My so, history with the franchise, okay. It got personal. Yeah, it did. Well, my history with the franchise is I, you know, just like everyone else, we got we heard of Pokemon back in. Like 1998, 1999, you know, red and blue, and then yellow, then gold and silver, you know, Pokemania, the card games, the TV show was all big hype, and everyone was involved in that. And I, I, this it was something that we would play as me and my family. I have four brothers and one sister, so I have a really big family. But Pokemon was something that we can all play together because we had like the, the link trading and stuff. And the playing with each other. And it was just in the, the, the Game Boys were relatively cheap compared to like a, like a, like a Super Nintendo or, a, or a, an N64. So that was the games we bonded over. And we would be able to play with each other if we like... Because like I live with like half of my family sometime and half with the other because I come from a dwarf horse family. So it was, a, it was a way for us to connect. And you know we played throughout all the generations. To the point where I got pretty good at the game um, and was able to play competitively um, about like the fourth and the fifth gen of Pokemon. But this is like much later. This is like in 2008, 2009 and, and played competitively in, I think it was Texas at the time I was living in and got got pretty good. Um, I, I liked my doubles and 
I don't know, we, we formed a Pokemon clubs, um, played the trading cards, until my mom decided to sell all the cards, but that, that's just me. <laughs> There's a funny story behind that. Um, let's see, they, they wanted to sell the cards in order to, to buy boxes, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I think we bit. mentioned that, like, like briefly on another episode, but you can go into more detail with, of that if you want, since we are talking about, this is the Pokemon episode, so... Yeah. Uh, they sold it to a neighbor kid, so I, I guess as long as they got played with, I guess I'm not too salty about it, but man, like, I think my mom only sold them for, like, 20 bucks, and they're probably worth, like, I don't know, at least a thousand, because it's the first base set, and the base set commons and uncommons are each worth a dollar now, and I had, a, a, like, just boatloads of them. Wow. Just just ridiculous. Want to play, want a moment of silence for uh, Riddle's Pokemon card deck? Rip in, rip in peace. My Haymaker deck, all gone. I don't know what these words mean, so, oh, you know. Even back in the first generation of, of Pokemon, like, people were able to figure out, like, a metagame in order to figure out what decks beat what. So Haymaker was the assumed the best deck, but there were definitely better decks out there. Like, there was, there was um, I think there was, a, there was an Alkazam deck that was, that was pretty good that you could, because you could move damage counters around. And let's see what else was floating around at the time. Um, Rain Dance wasn't necessarily a thing yet. That's with Blastoise. But I don't think that really picked up steam until, like, Jungle Set, I think. Sorry, I'm, I'm, ra- I'm rambling into to, to, to real, you know, n- nerdy stuff right now. I'm sorry for the... It's for okay. The, basically, the, I had a really good deck and it got sold for boxes and I'm not happy about that. <laughs> well, your your mom is is not the best person. My mom does her best. Ugh. Uh, um. Okay. Yeah. So, um, my experience with Pokemon it will be brief because um, it is brief. So, I was really into it when it just came out in you know ninety seven, ninety eight, whatever it was back in the day. So, um, oh yeah, I'm a bit older than you. So you were just a little thing back then. I was a little bit thing for my ten ten year old part. No. For my 10-year-old birthday party, I got a Pokemon cake, and um, does that make you feel old? And then, um, you know, I I had the original 150 Pokemon uh, memorized back in the day. And now, um, at, it, ironically, as I've gotten older, all of my nostalgic things have kind of come with me um, because it's, like, how I express art and how I reinterpret things. And I think people... Like, the whole point of the podcast and just the general content is getting people to revisit things that they grew up with and being like, oh, right, you know, X thing was pretty rad. I, I haven't watched in a while. Like, maybe I should watch it and, you know, more than just, like... Activate that neuron. Yeah, instead of just consuming the thing and forgetting... Consuming the thing and forgetting about it. And I think streaming is helping with that in general because it's just easier access to just older generations of stuff as yeah. a warning though watching the the original pokemon series is not as good as i remember it to be honest okay um <laughs> i'm not planning on re-watching the original pokemon series anytime soon but you're that's just a general disclaimer right yeah just general it's not the my rose tinted glasses are, are kind of kind of blinding <laughs> so anyway um but yeah i kind of just grew out of Pokemon, you know, when I was, like, I think when I was eight or seven, I was really dead set on becoming a Pokemon trainer when I became ten and just leaving town and just, you know, you're allowed to do that, right? (laughs) Capture a dog, teach it to to surf. See, I mean, it's like the same thing, right? Yeah. 
But yeah, so I'm just kind of slowly starting to get back into it. I play Pokemon Go and, you know, uh, when Riddle and I are doing conventions, I fam- I famously bother him to get some of his Pokemon. Pokemon Go, give me your Pokemon. <laughs> because he has, um, like, multiple copies of the original 150 and I don't. So, you know, but that's, like, the only time I'll play it. So, you know, I guess... I don't really, I don't really remember much about the original Pokemon. I remember Ash. I remember, you know, they were. I guess they replaced Ash. No, they replaced all the voice actors at some point. You know, they replaced Brock and Misty at some point. I right. remember, you know, watching With Terry. Who? Terry, the the photographer. He was the first person to replace Brock. Oh, okay. I thought you meant Harry as in my dead dog Harry, and I was just no. like, I don't remember that. No, that'd be sad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, okay, so anyway, I'll just stop rambling about things <laughs> I don't know about, so, um, and let Riddle start talking. So, Riddle, tell us about the before times of the Pokemon, like, how the did it start? before times. Well, if we want to talk about the history of Pokemon, we have to talk about its founder, of founder of Game Freak, Satoshi Tajiri. So, Satoshi Tajiri, you know, he was born in Japan. As a kid, he was kind of like you, he, like, he wanted to go outside and, like, you know explore around and he wanted to, to instead of capture little animals he wanted to capture bugs and he wanted to be in fact as a child an entomologist that's like the study of, of insects right mm-hmm. so that's that was basically his childhood he's he was he was in like um rural tokyo but tokyo like experienced like this giant like boom when it came to urbanization so the the kind of like the 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 kind of area that he lived in just quickly urbanized and so he didn't have like the the opportunity to go out in nature and hunt for bugs anymore so by the time he was in middle school like arcades start popping up everywhere in tokyo because it was the 80s and satoshi i'm I'm gonna i'm I'm kind of rambling but we have to we have to get to a foundation on satoshi in order to know pokemon and, and its roots so in middle school, he he played an arcade, and this got him this fascination with video games. Um, he played like Space Invaders. He was so involved in video games, in fact, that he he would be, do really bad in school. Um, he almost didn't graduate from high school, and he had like no aspiration to go into university. Eventually, he did like do a, like a two year major you know, in electronic science, but like he he really didn't want to do anything really with it. Why couldn't he be a bug doctor? He wanted to be an entomologist, but the the expansion of Tokyo made it kind of impossible to be a local entomologist because all the bugs got dri- driven away. All that's left is cockroaches. But he'd be cockroach doctor. Yep, yep. In like 1982, he makes a fan magazine um, about video game media called Game Freak, and as we know, Game Freak is the studio that made Pokemon. Um, it was originally just a strategy guide. Um, to tell you how to get through games and new release of games and Easter eggs, uh, mainly around arcade games at the time. See, and he would sell them, like, I think for about like 200 yen each, which would be like $2.85 in American dollars. And that, that was quite a lot at the time, but because there wasn't really a lot of media out there at the time, he like really cornered a market. Like his his fan magazines were like you would what you'd imagine like you know a Xerox like magazine. I don't know if you, even the kids have magazines these days. Um, That's a magazine riddle. Well, no, but but he would make them out of paper and staple them themselves, and it was like photocopied. It was it was very ghetto, 
but he would he would be able to sell a lot of them. He like at one point he spent sold like ten thousand copies of his most popular run. So these things really caught on, and he had so much work that he would uh, he would get his little sister and his mother to help them um, make their 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 fan magazines. So Game Freak was starting to boom as a as a magazine, as a as a magazine um, company, um, but like Satoshi Tajiri did a lot of the work himself, including the art. So he kind of needed help. So he got someone named Ken Sugimori to come in to help be the artist in Game Freak. And Ken Sugimori is an, is another big name in Pokemon, and and in Game Freak. And so they keep on making these these fan. Um, these fan magazines, until, let's see, I think in 1983, Nintendo released the Famicom, which was the, you know, the, the SNES, not the SNES, the, 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 just the normal, it's not the Super Nintendo, it's just the normal Nintendo series in 1983, and that's what we call it in, in America, I guess, and he was really fascinated with it, he wanted, like, to understand the hardware, they, they have this, they, they have, like, this program called, like, I think Famicom Basic, or Family Basic, that's what it's called, sorry. Family Basic. And he wanted to make games for Nintendo. But if you want to make games for Nintendo, you need something called a license. <laughs> and they couldn't get a license because they're just making fan magazines. So what they did, which was kind of smart, is they find people who had license with Nintendo, and then they would pitch their ideas to these people that are already have the license with Nintendo and... And they they knew some programming and they 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 got on and like the first ever quote unquote game freak game was a game called um Quinty or it's it's called Mandel Palace in a, in America which is which is simply a, a game where you flip squares to knock enemies into walls that that's all the game was but it, it was it was the first game freak game before Pokemon and that that was their first foray like in 1983 and like I don't they don't start doing anything for a while. They're still doing their their fan magazines. Uh, in 1987, um, a game called Dragon Quest II, do you know that game, KP? Oh, yeah. I, I am familiar with that game because that game was made by Don Bluth and he did he, he did things. Well, no, no, that's that's I think that's King's Quest. Is that? No, I'm pretty sure it's called Dragon's Quest. Dragon Quest? Well, in 1987, there was a game called Dragon Quest for the, the 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 Nintendo, and well, basically they, they weren't involved in that game, but Ken and Satoshi would play the game together, and they would compare their runs together. And one time, um, Tajiri got really really upset because um, Ken got two really rare items called like Madcaps, and he, he was he was just so upset that his friend got two, and it was just really rare, and then he got zero. And this kind of stuck in his head for a while, until um, until 1989 when the Game Boy was released. And what was interesting about the Game Boy is I think it's like the first system to have like a cable in order to connect between two games. And the oh one... oh, sorry to interrupt you. My the game is called Dragon's Lair, so that's why I was. Confused. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Yep. Different game. This. Yep. This was a, this was an RPG game. The, the Dragon's Quest 2. So, the Game Boy was released in 1989, and this got, um, this, this really inspired, uh, Satoshi Tajiri, because he saw it as an opportunity for players to trade rare items 
between each other. Like, he, he thought about his Dragon Quest game and how upset he couldn't get an item while his friend got duplicates of the same rare item. And so he, he thought about, like, how these, these things are, can't, can, can be used for not just competitively playing against each other, but to help each other. Mm-hmm. And so he, he took that idea with him, and he's, let's see, and I think a year later he started brainstorming Capsule Monsters. Which is the the proto form of, of Pokemon? It was originally called Capsule Monsters. So, in this, he pitched this idea to Nintendo in, in its like basic proto form, and it caught the eye of like Shigeru Miyamoto, and they in Shigeru basically took Satoshi as his apprentice, and like tried to teach him the ways and how to to program good for Nintendo, and so Capsule Monsters kind of was in the running for like six years of development which was super long development cycle for the time like we 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 think of games now having like really long development cycles but six years was just unheard of in the 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 late 80s early 90s well i imagine because um you know our games are a lot of open world exploration kind of things you know they just have to make everything versus like a more streamlined um you know platforming game you know you just press buttons and you jump and that's really it yep so, but with how long the dev cycle was for, for, for Capsule Monsters, which will eventually become Pokemon, like, they had to take on, like, little jobs along the way so that they could actually keep Game Freak running because, yeah, they get some money from Nintendo. That only goes so far. So you have to, like, take out contract jobs in between your, your main goal. And so, like, they made a game where he's a slime named Jerry. I've, I've, I'm trying to remember what the, the game was called. Um, Smart Ball, that's what it was called. Um, and let's see, they, 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 they get bounced around a little bit, um, in order to get into Game Boy programming, they, they first talk with, like, the Earthbound creator, then he, they get bounced to, um, Ken, I think Kenpai Yokai, he had, he had to release a Yoshi game in six months, and the, the, they, the Game Free took it on, and they were able to meet the, the deadline, which was really big, and so... They, the Nintendo was impressed with their like, wow, you did that thing. Here's a license for a Mario game, and and Nintendo very rarely, you know, gives out licenses directly for Mario games. You got to work for it, and they make the game Mario and Wario for the Super Nintendo. I think um, in 1995, they work for the rival Sega for a game called Pulse Man, which is kind of like Mega Man, I guess, it, but it's first, it's from Sega. At this time, like they're they're working for they're working on these like individual projects, and they're also trying to develop Pokemon. Like Satoshi would work these 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 cycles of work. For, like they he'd work for like twenty four hours, and then sleep for twelve, and then do it all over again. Like he was he was he was working himself to the bone. Um, in fact, Satoshi like when it came to budget issues, like sometimes he couldn't even pay his workers and they, they, they would literally like, like stop working for him. But like money was so scarce. Like he, he didn't pay himself like the, for like the first, for all this time, all this time he's making games. He didn't give, give himself a dime. And he was like living off of his, his, his parents' money, which like, it's just for you, you guys trying to have a dream and stuff. Like you're not the only one that trying to, make it there the 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 this the pokemon's like the most is now the like the biggest media franchise in the world like even the the creator of pokemon was living off his his <laughs> off his parents dime for 
if good, you're living off part of a decade. time, then you know you're doing it the right way. <laughs> you're doing it the right way. So yeah, like the development cycle is long. There's a lot of changes from what it started off as and where it went to. Some of the important changes were like he wanted the Pokemon not to die. He wanted them only to faint because he thought there was just too much cruelty in the world. Like there's just just very you know subtle changes over time. Um, towards the end of the cycle, they 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 still had the name Capsule Monsters, but then they found out that 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 name was already taken by someone else. So they ran into trademark issues, and like they try to think of new names like Capu Monsters or Capumon, and then they settled on the name Pocket Monsters, um, which is this the name in in Japan in Japan is Pocket Monsters, and then localization shortened it to Pokemon, so. It didn't start off as just Pokemon. So in February 26, in 1996, the Pokemon was released in Japan with very, very low expectations by Nintendo. They thought it wasn't going to sell a lot, but it, it sold quite a lot. Um, people were even buying, like it released with both green and red version. This is Japan versions of the game. And people were buying in, let's see, I'm, I, w I went a little too far. Like when it, um, Sato let's see, Sugiro Mimoto suggested that they release the game as two games instead of just one, so that so one game has exclusive Pokemon and the other one has other exclusive Pokemon, so to encourage trading between them. But what happened was people were buying both games, so essentially you were doubling your sales. Because <laughs> That's people, one way to do it! <laughs> yeah, because people wanted to get all the Pokemon themselves. And so the this, this kind of... This, this kind of encouraged people to to buy more games. Um, Game Freak quickly collaborated with a manga series, and then they then they collaborated with a media factory to start commissioning the first Pokemon cards. This was like in October, so like the game released in February. On October, they're starting to branch into other media, and then they're trying to get um, uh, let's see a TV show released um, in that same time too. So. Game releases, they, they start getting some su success, um, but the success success didn't really like explode until what what something particularly weird happened. Um, Mew, you you know Mew in Pokemon, right? Right, the the the, the Mew Mew. Yep, the hundred and fifty first Pokemon. It was actually programmed in, but as a prank by. Um, <laughs> it, it was only meant for like the game developers. And only game developers could have access to it, mm -hmm. but like that information leaked from Game Freak, and it was started to spread from word of mouth, and so they decided to make it official. Hey, this is a Pokemon in the game, and they they released like a Pokemon card in their in their manga as an exclusive card, and then they said, okay, we'll have a contest. We'll distribute 151 legitimate Mews, and that created like positive word of mouth. So by the end of like 1997. Like, they, they kind of had a rough start, but then at the end of 1997, Red and Green sold 4.6 million copies in Japan alone. Yeah, so it sounds like it was just all marketing by, like, making things exclusive. And, and um, you know, I guess it wasn't as known as far as people just OCD as far as collecting and collecting all the things. Yeah. So, you know. Yep. Yep. And then in, in 1998, it, it arrived in America. So, and then they thought, oh, America is not going to... It's not going to go very good. It might it might sell a few copies, and if that does so, we're happy because Japan we already sold enough here. But no, we had we had Pokemania here in America, and it it's it's been here. It's 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 still around. Never left. <laughs> Never left. So um, what? Um, when it was distributed in America, what 
specifically came out, was it just the, the games or it was it the off games just in the, the card? It just started off with the games at first and then like like literally a month later the cards and the anime. So the you didn't have that kind of like waiting period like you had in Japan. It was almost immediately and it created such a rush of media that I think a lot of schools were banning cards at school because people were playing them in, in class and getting in trouble. I remember like back in um in in elementary school we'd bring our Pokemon cards to the to the playground and we'd we we'd play playground rules. Like we didn't we didn't actually know the rules of the game and just whoever had the biggest shiniest card won and it it was it, it was silly. Is that is that how you win the game? Is that how they play in the competitive league? No, you actually have to follow rules. <laughs> It's actually the trainer. Yeah. It's actually the trainer cards that are the more most powerful cards in the first base set because it, they they do all kinds of things like deck thinning and adding card advantage and removing energies, which were were all very broken things if you actually played the game the game right. But no one wanted to, no one wanted to learn the game properly right away. Just people were just running around with a shiny card and like I have the best. You have the best one. Yeah, I remember we didn't have or we didn't know how to play the games when I was. Back in my day, so we just played like with war, but with um, the highest HP set of the Pokemon. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it worked. It worked. So yeah, so the Pokemania happened. Um, let's see what happened next. Um, in 1999, um, Pokemon Gold and Silver released. Um, Tajiri was more of a direct. What? Um, yeah, he became more of a manager than than a director of the games. Um, but that sold like 23 million copies and then in Gen 3 and Ruby and Sapphire um, Junichi Musada um, Musada, sorry um, butchered his name um, became the director and um, um, Satoshi Chijiri kind of sat back and like was technically an executive but only really directed the game beats and ever since then he's been kind of a recluse but he's the guy who who made Pokemon, and it's the highest media fact franchise in the world, beating out Star Wars, Mickey Mouse, and Hello Kitty. I was gonna say, um, good, you know, the real MVPs are his parents, right? Who were just supporting him, like yeah. throughout all this. Yeah, his parents, like, here, here's some money, I guess, in a year we'll make, we'll help you with your 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 silly little 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 comic, the not comic, the fan magazine, the fanzine. That's what they were called back then, fanzines. Um, fun fact: Satoshi Chijiri, um, the 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 name of the protagonist in Japan is Satoshi. In fact, it's kind of like a self insert for him in in the games. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Wow. So, um, why don't you talk about like what are the different forms of Pokemon media that's going on today, and like what are the different incarnations? Because I know a uh, lot of people. Go ahead. Yeah the the anime still going. I have got. I have no clue what season there are on now, or what it's called. But I know it's still going because I see clips of it on YouTube. I thought. I, I thought I, you were the expert. I am the expert, <laughs> but I've kind of in the the recent couple of years kind of drifted away from Pokemon a little bit. I haven't really played terribly too much. Um, Pokemon Arceus was the the latest big release, and that we got it. We got to stop the podcast. We don't have the Pokemon expert. I know we have to get the real Pokemon expert in here, but Pokemon Arceus <laughs> was the last big release, and that one did fairly well because they kind of mixed up the format a bit. So you, you sneak around and you try to catch the Pokemon in in a. So what are like the general vibes of the game for people who like? 
general vibe barely of the remembers game. like barely remember the game and like um, I know you go around and collect Pokemon but yeah, like it's it is it is a slow turn based it's RPG kind of game where you use your set of team in learning about type advantage try to try to explore a world and try to reach an end game which is defeating the elite four and catching all Pokemon in your game and then at that point you beat the game that is that is the way that the games are, are intended to be built and that's how each mainline series game sort of performs is you start off a game with a Pokemon you you get you get a little feel for the game and then you defeat challenges called gym leaders and you progress yourself through the game until you reach the penultimate um, elite four and then you become the quote-unquote champion of your game and then you spend the rest of the time filling out your pokedex and building your team so do people purposely not win the game to so they can keep all their pokemon you can you can keep your Pokemon and win the game. There there is no end to the game until you decide to end it and start anew. Oh, okay. I thought it would be like a thing where like once you finish the game, quote unquote, you like it wipes you and like start a new game, you know, kinda. Of nope. Thing. It doesn't do that, which is which is a good idea. Yeah, that people, is a good idea. People get attached to their their, their their children. Um there are different ways of playing the game. In recent years, um, Pokemon has gotten popular, um, play set which is called the nuzlocke which is you play the game and if your pokemon faint um is going against the vision of of satoshi chiri your pokemon quote dies and so you have to release the pokemon because you you that pokemon was defeated oh no so you only get one shot with your pokemon and you only get one shot per zone in the game to catch a new one so it's kind of like the anime where um, Ash would go to one area and only catch a Pokemon. It's kind of, I guess that's kind of inspired by the anime. Okay. And so, like, what is the basic plot of the anime, then? Basic plot of the anime, you have this character named Ash, and he wants to catch them all. It's, it's very simple. Does he but, ever catch them all, though? No. <laughs> and he's not the very best. Like, no one Who's ever the... was. No, who, so who is the very best? I don't know. <laughs> not Ash. I mean, he he does win. He does win. That'd be one. a good video. Who is the very best? Yes, yeah, so that would be a very good video. Who is the very best? Um, he he does win eventually. He does he does win a a, a, a become a Pokemon champion once. So before we have before we have a million comments in the comment section, yes, he, I know he did win once. And now the the current arc in the Pokemon anime, he's in a competition with the other champions they're in this bracket thing and i don't know how when this is going to get released how far in that series is going to be so i know what's going on in the anime a little bit okay so i'm not i'm not i'm not totally out of the loop um, i believe you yeah how do you play the game how do you play the game like the game boy game uh, the the card game the card game so how to play the pokemon card game it's been a while since I played it, but since I was a, a small bean, I think I can remember it. Um, you have a deck. It has to be 60 cards, I think. Um, it's made of assortment of Pokemon cards, energy cards, and trainer cards. And you use these cards to win the game. How do you win the game? Is You have a, a, an area called the prize area, and you have six prize cards. And by knocking out your opponent's Pokemon, or knocking out all your opponent's Pokemon... You, you you win the game or if you knock out six then you you collect all you collect 
you collect a prize for each Pokemon you knock out, so when you collect all six, you, you win. And there are new types of Pokemon like XE and so on, and they, they give you different prize distribution for, for being more powerful, so you don't necessarily need to knock out six. I'm, I'm kind of rambling at this point. And what you do is you, you start off with a hand of cards, you set them out, and you you, you go one at a time, and you, you, you declare attacks at each other and use Pokemon powers and trainer cards to slowly whittle down your opponent's team, and you then you win. So how do you keep track of, like, attacks and like you know do you have to like roll dice kind of like D to there there's some rng factors and some moves but what happens is you just declare an attack and it does usually a set amount of damage and then you 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 use probably a die yeah back in the day we had these little glass beads to assign damage but now because pokemon um, HPs are now so high. Uh, dice is more efficient because everyone has twenty-sided dies, and you just you just take a spin-down die, and that's just easier to keep track of. Back when like the highest um, HP account HP count was one hundred and twenty, um, and everything deals damage in sets of ten. You'd only need at most let's see like twelve little little glass beads on your side to keep track of your own. Pokemon, active Pokemon's damage. Um, bench Pokemon, which are the Pokemon in your back row, can have damage on them, but I don't know. If you're switching a lot, then you're you're actually doing competitive gameplay, and if you're doing competitive gameplay, you're probably using dice at that this point. So you're probably using six-sided dice or a twenty-sided die to to keep track because that's just easier than a bunch of little 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 glass beads. Yeah, that makes sense. So like, you would roll the dice in order to you know, like find the way of a successful attack if it's like a rare attack or something well there there are some attacks that say flip a coin if you get heads you do a thing um this was in a base set i i think the only attacks that really rely on flips a lot was electabuzz's um, first attack which was thundershock which has a chance of paralyzing which makes your opponent lose basically a turn of attacking, which is pretty big, but it only did, like, 10 damage, so it only tickled the opponent. And then Thunder Punch, which, um, flip a coin, if heads, you deal 10 extra damage of tails, you do 10 damage to yourself, so... That, that was, I think, the only Pokemon that saw play that you would flip a coin for. Yeah, but but most Pokemon are pretty basic, so you had Hitmonchan with, with a move jab, just one energy, you attach it on him, and he does 20 damage, and that's it. No, no attacks, no nothing. Yeah, but it was just efficient, and it would it would it would bonk your your opponent down, and it deal with your opponent's electabuzzes until they they switch in a doduo just to hang in there. Then you have to use special punch or switch out to your electabuzz because electabuzz deals double damage to duo duo duo, and then duo has a zero retreat cost, so he he runs away. I have no much. idea what you're saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are what are these words? The, the doduo. He's the it's the bird with two heads. Oh, okay. That's a lot of heads. Yeah, and Dodrio has three heads, but I think base set didn't have the entire set of Pokemon, so, like, you had Doduo, but you didn't have the evolution to Dodrio, and you didn't have Dodrio in that set. You had to wait until, like, set two or or jungle. I I forget which set Dodrio came out of. But you you had to wait for the next set. Did you see Detective Pikachu? What? Detective Pikachu? Yeah. Tell me about Detective Pikachu. De- Detective Pikachu was an okay movie, but it's weird as hell. I do not. I I 
I I've seen some people talk about it, and I kind of see it now that it is a giant Christian allegory, and now it has ruined my <laughs> viewing experience of the movie, and it's kind of okay, I guess. How is it a Christian allegory? Um, because they, I I I I forget the 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 kind of the the methodology, but like they they refer to the main character as the sun a lot, and. The, the the Pikachu is the, technically the son's father or the father and he gets reincarnated in some kind of mumbo jumbo um it is it is I, I I don't know the it's been a while since I watched it but it, now I, if I watch it I can't stop thinking about the Christian allegory and it <laughs> ruins my viewing experience like man I just wanted to watch the the funny Pokemon game where the guy throws the Pokeball at the Cubone and the Cubone doesn't like any he smacks him with the bone. Oh my god. That's the thanks internet you ruined the one thing we're to like Pokemon. You ruined it. Well no, the the Pokemon movie was was pretty mid. It's it's okay. They they can you do you know anything about how they remade the Pokemon movie cuz they did that like like a yeah, years yeah, ago? yeah, yeah. They they redid like the first movie, which they they they, they labeled the first movie. That was that was very cocky of them. But it, yeah, was it they, not the first movie? It was the first movie, but like to name your movie the first movie is to assume that more will come in the future. Which you know, they'll, which which was a good which was a good call, but really that that was a cocky move. I I um, but they they did remake it in in like a three D. And it it's okay. They they kind of change some things, and they 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 remove like I think a lot of the soundtracks. I think that were a bit better. So it it felt like a cat. Uh, it felt like a cash grab to me. I didn't like it that much. I, in fact, with like all the Pokemon movies, I think the only one I enjoy is the third one with the the Entei in it, because that's actually a, a a very gripping story. I think and it was it was very like you you actually had some stakes involved. It had. It was kind of weird what they did with it. Like, did you see the third the third movie of Pokemon? Um, no, I just know they made more after that that first yep. one. Yep. So if I want to suggest you watch a Pokemon movie, I think the third one's the only good one. So if you're gonna watch one, watch that one because it's about a little girl that loses her father and then it's it just gets lost in her PTSD and then um gets involved with some magical Pokemon called Unknown, which were able to warp reality around her based on her childhood fantasies and story t- stories told by her, her, her missing father. Um, and Entei sort of becomes a supplicant father figure to to the, the girl, and then Ash gets involved because Entei steals um, his mom because she also lost her mom as well so she was all alone and she isolates herself in her own world of fantasies and and warps reality to what a, what a child thinks reality is and I think that's it was kind of neat is it is this the one where Ash dies no Ash dies in the first one and then he lives oh okay is there that, another one a, where that's, he that's, dies? that's more that's more Jesus allegory thanks Ash dies I think he I think he dies another time too in like the Jirachi movie. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think he dies in the Jirachi movie and then he comes back. I mean, Ash doesn't stay dead. They keep on trying. They keep on trying, but you can't keep them down. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Why won't Jesus? Dis- no, I was going to say why won't <laughs> Jesus die? But I'm just like, oh wait. <laughs> why won't you die? <laughs> Nano machine, son. 
<laughs> so, uh... Magnemite machine, son. So, a Pokemon... Or I imagine competitive Pokemon competitions are still, like, a thing, right? Oh, yeah. There's, there's most definitely certainly a thing. A lot of it is done online to try to get yourself some ranks up. It's, there's now, like, ladder systems, and you try to... You try to boost up your rank, and then if you get a rank high enough, you you attend a tournament in your area, and usually it's hosted by the Pokemon Company. They have like regionals, and then you go to the na- then you go to the national, and then you go to the worlds. Yeah, the Pokemon companies are the. Oh, do you do you have any insight to tell as far as Pokemon Go as far as that's go how that's going? Pokemon Go is going go. Um, I don't know. <laughs> It's 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 still going. It just won't it just won't end. Yep, they 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 add little new mechanics once in a while, and I guess it's 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 doing fine. Well, I guess it's a good way for people to get into it because it's free, you know. On yeah, and I I was involved with it quite a bit when it first came out. You walk around, you you go to a stop, you press the stop, you catch the Pokemon. Now they have like a team rocket, so you can beat up a team rocket. Um, you still want to hold on to gems, and you got big raids and so getting other people involved you have to find local people that are actually involved with the game and you set out a time to meet up and then you all punch the pokemon at the the the, the mailbox station what's that thing called the post where, office? Do, where does all the mail come from the post the office Post office. yes the, the mailbox station the mailbox station <laughs> that's where the mailboxes come from i know things Oh, you you trying so hard, Riddle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am I am dumb and I'm trying my best. <laughs> they should have a they should have a mailbox Pokemon. That'd be a, a fun idea. They have Pelipper, which is a what delicious is Pokemon. It's a it's a big old seagull with a with a with a with a big old um pelican beak and Oh Speaking of that, you know what might be fun? Like, can you explain the convoluted way Pokemon gets around the the sexy topics? Um, so, in order to get around involvements of, of sex, um, I think the, the, the current, uh, not the current, I think back in the day in Gen 2, how they got around it is that Pokemon do not actually lay eggs. What they do is they pair off and then a Pokemon named Celebi travels through time and drops off an egg at the pairing Pokemon and saying, and like, here is your child. So it's like the stork, but with with time travel. It's a lot of steps. Yeah, a lot of steps. And I don't know if this is still true and or, or if this is this is this is canon, but this is how it used to be. And I'm I'm sticking to it. I, I like the convoluted Doctor Who eggs. I think that's funny. Well, I can't, you know. Well, what about the people? The people have to go to, go to time travel and stuff. I'm I'm stuttering. The people have to time travel to reproduce riddle. Um, that that's how it happens in real life, didn't, didn't you know? Oh man, no one ever told me. Yep, that's 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 why we have general relativity. The faster you go, the the more time slows around you. Wow, it's a lot of steps. A lot of steps. Oh my my last question for you, riddle is um. So who is Ash's dad? Who is Ash's dad? Good question. Matt Pat says it's Giovanni, and there are some hints that that it might be so. But in the anime, they I think they do, you know, point at is his his father being a a a mystery person that was involved with another character that was in 
the 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 initial series um we don't know his name he only shows up for one episode and he just says he's from Palatown and he's an older male so that's that's assumed to be Ash's father I mean I thought that was a more exciting answer yeah there's it's not a lot going on the only really exciting revelation that ever came from lineage is that in the Pokemon gold and silver games you had an antagonist name well, I guess his name is red he's, he's he's the guy with the red hair and people assume that his father was Giovanni and eventually they retconned it into the the game series when they remake gold and silver to actually show him have a conversation with Giovanni just proving that like like that you are you are my son oh really so it's it's like slightly established I thought it was like just a mystery well when it came to the this character in in gold and silver like the the the, the antagonist character that that bullies you what a what a what a healthy relationship a healthy relationship indeed eventually he mellows out and he doesn't he doesn't he's not such an asshole but yeah he he, he starts off as a is a real as a real bad guy he breaks into the p- professor's into the professor's zone and takes away whatever pokemon's better better against yours because of course he does and you have to beat him up along the way as he appears. That's a lot of... Sorry, I'm just confused at this point, because that's just a lot of convolution. Welcome to Pokemon games. It's, it's, it's You go along, and someone decides he wants to beat you up, and then you win. Go, go, Pokemon. Go, go, Pokemon. So, um, I guess, where can people go if they want to learn more about Pokemon? Where are some good sites? <laughs> um... Pokemon.com. Um, another place with um, a lot of general knowledge is um, a place called Cerebi.net, or I think it's .com. I forget which which the two. Um, if you want to just play the game and get a feel for the game itself, there's a program online called Pokemon Showdown. If you just want to play the RPG kind of aspect of the game, there are plenty of ROMs out there to, to play on it if you don't have like the money but you shouldn't do that unless you actually have you know an actual copy of the game wink wink nudge nudge don't hear <laughs> it yar har yar har to experience it for yourself um and there's also just people just playing the pokemon game and it just might be just enjoyable just to sit down and watch and get a feel for it and figure out why people like the game before you you get into it and sometimes you, you don't even need to play a game to enjoy a community too. Some people just like to do art. Some people just like to do just 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 side tangent fan material, and that's what gets people involved into fandoms to themselves. They don't necessarily have to like be involved into a certain thing in order to be call themselves a fan. Like you don't need to play the Pokemon game and to be a Pokemon fan. You don't need to collect the cards. You don't need to watch the anime. As long as you you know, have a general knowledge of it, and you enjoy the media, I think that you're just good enough. You can be a fan. Anyone can be a fan that wants to. Yeah. And I'm sure they have uh, Pokemon uh, competitions at conventions, right? Yeah, I mean, any co- given convention has, like, either card game stuff, or sometimes they'll have the the physical Game Boy kind of, kind of play. Maybe not so much now, because everything's online now on the Switch, but because of covid but hey who knows you just talk to your local convention if they don't have a, a, a competition you could say hey let's let's do one that's how 
most video game competitions end up you got someone that likes to play Super Smash Brothers like hey let's have a competition here this local convention they'll like they say okay as long as you organize it and you say okay and then you google online how do I organize a competition for video games and then you you read that article and then you know what to do <laughs> sounds super hard it's 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 really not I I believe in you guys okay um I guess we can wrap up um you know do the poker wrap do the poker I don't, diglet electro would... diglet 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 well i didn't know that was a thing now we should just and you don't know the poker with... you don't know the poker app no what? in between let's see the the first and second act of any of the, of the pokemon anime is broken up with um the pokemon rap which they'll, they'll list uh, a series of pokemon in in a in a rhythmic style by by the widest person you know wow uh, that's yep so it's like a diglet electrode Diglett, Pikachu, Diglett, Magmar, Diglett. I don't remember the Pokemon rap. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fan are you? I am the worst fan. I am. I am. I am literally the worst. I. I am. I am doing my best, like no one ever was. But I am failing. It's Diglett. Diglett. <laughs> it's Diglett. It's Diglett. <laughs> What's, who's that Pokemon? It's Diglett. It's your mom. <laughs> oh no. My diglet, my my mom is a diglet. My diglet's a mom. Who's that Pokemon? It's Ash's disappeared father, so no one's there. Oh. <laughs> oh, Satoshi doesn't mind. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today, and if you learned something, that that is wonderful. I, I'm very glad to have talked about one of the things I can nerd out about. Um, KP, is there anything else you want to add? Um, no, I can't think of any more Pokemon. Who is your favorite Pokemon, Riddle? Sandshrew. Sandshrew? Why Sandshrew? He fat. fat? <laughs> he roll. <laughs> so it's aesthetics. Yeah, he, he's the best. He's made out of bricks, and he's kind of cute. So, uh, my yeah, favorite... Who And who's your favorite starter? Oh, starter, it's probably Squirtle, because I'm a, I'm a basic... I mean, I hope it's Squirtle because I, I gave you a Squirtle keychain the last convention, so you, you you can't change your mind now. Right. So, um, and my favorites are Charmander for starter. We have I have a Charmander. I think at uh, one of the cons last year, um, Riddle bought me a Charmander onesie. So Charmander. and then he bought himself two Pokemon onesies. So yes, because I'm greedy. So you got an <laughs> Eevee and a and a Mewtwo, right? Mewtwo. The Mewtwo is less cool. The Eevee one's better. Yeah, you probably would. They had Charizard ones too, so you would have probably gotten a Charizard instead of the Mewtwo one, right? Yeah, I think they were out of Charizards. Yeah, that's that's my point. Is you probably just like, well, I gotta stick with Pokemon because it's on brand. So, hey, yeah. Um, and then I like Dragonite. Um, as far as just general Pokemon, and you know, he thick. He, he he. They're cute. They're so cute. He's, I mean, they're cute. all cute. Like from like from the Pokemon movie, like they're all cute, so I can't pick one. So definitely not seal because that's just a seal. <laughs> it's a it's a seal with extra steps. Yep. Comment down below if seal's your favorite. No, um, there was really bad puns in the Tangled series where um, they were trying to steal um, one of the plots is the um, king and. Uh, Eugene are trying to seal the royal seal, but it's actually a seal. Like it's a real seal. It's not like a like a stamp. Work, work. And then there's another there's another one that was a competition, and then um, the seal from the previous day 
the previously named episode has to give the seal of approval. Seal of approval. I was dead. These puns were killing me. So anyway, watch the Tangled series. It's really good. Um, if you haven't yet, um, it should Come be on. Come to the Pokemon this. podcast. Watch the Tangled. Yeah, just 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 do whatever. So it's probably better. Um, yeah, if you're <laughs> if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We have a lot of episodes. And we do things. Um, so Riddle is things. here, oh, and well. we just we just got our new YouTube loopy thing on the YouTube channel. So we're still as of this recording, we're still in the process of uploading all of the episodes on YouTube, but they will be there eventually. And Riddle's in the the little loopy now, so he jumps around. I don't know if you knew that yet, Riddle, but you know, I'm full of energy. It's been updated, so, uh, you know, we do the podcast once a week, uh, we release on Wednesdays, and, you know, I don't really have any other new announcements, you know, no new book con since last time, so. Alright, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on Animation Communication. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping the show makes a difference in how people view animation as well as media as a whole, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation and media industry. If you like what you heard, please remember to show support by giving a like, a follow, rating those five stars, as well as subscribing to our main I Love Kim Possible A Lot channel on YouTube and turn your notification on. New episodes of Animation Communication come out every Wednesday at 6 a.m. EST on podcasting platforms and 4 p.m. EST on YouTube. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The KP Podcast for information about upcoming guests, episodes, and more, as well as our hosts, KP and Riddle, at I Love KP A Lot, and at Riddle Lightning on social media. I'm Kat, and thank you for being part of our community. See you next time on Animation Communication.